Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, guys, welcome in. Wow. Gerard. Incredible. Didn't think this day would come. Hats off to a lot of a lot of I mean this was uh unthinkable, right? Unthinkable result just just a just a just 48 hours ago. Um that the Celtics could do what they did. I, I mean, look if we said Kemba Walker would hit three field goals all game or whatever he ended up hitting, Rob Williams would play six minutes and leave with an injury. Um, and Celtics would have any shot of beating Brooklyn. No way, no. right? Yeah. No way. Tip your hat to these guys. I mean, Tatum obviously had the big game in terms of scoring the ball. But, man, so many different guys stepped up at different moments in this game to help them get the win. Uh, but, you know, the, the elephant in the room, I mean, we're going to get into it, I know, for sure. But Kyrie freaking Irving, yep. where the hell was he? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he was as, – as, I mean, this this really, in a lot of ways, reminded me of the Milwaukee series, the very last time we saw him in a Celtics uniform, where he was just an absolute MIA pretty much the entire series. Obviously, I expect him to play better in game four, but damn, he was just a non-factor. I wonder how much you guys think the crowd had something to do with him just never getting any kind of rhythm. I, I don't know. I'll, I want to ask you real quick. I mean, you're there. You you, you had the, you know, the kind of the, the, the feel, you know, the vibe of what's going on. Um, you know, there was booze early. I felt like it kind of settled, um, you know, and then it just became a basketball game after the second quarter. Um, you know, the most of that stuff seemed like it was heavy in the first and then just kind of was what it was. Um, but he shrunk from the moment. I mean, he missed a few makeable shots too. And sometimes it's two or three more of those drop and he has an okay game. So I didn't think he was abysmal, but this was clearly a game where based on what happened before it, um, he, you know, he, he, you could have, he could have come out and really put a dagger, you know, uh, in the garden, in the garden crowd. And it looked like it was going to happen. It wasn't necessarily him, but the Nets racing up to the 19 to four lead. And then he disappeared. 
Yeah, and and his role when they jumped out to that lead, he wasn't the guy that was even distributing the ball. It was like he was making the hockey assist for the most part. He didn't seem and, all and that engaged. Away. Just yeah, engaged. He seemed very detached early blow. on. You didn't I, notice I was, him for periods of time. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised at how detached he seemed when they were rolling early on. And when things got tough, you know, and, and things got tighter, I thought in the second half I thought he'd be much more impactful, but it was really more the same. He made a few yeah. more shots, but by the most for the most part, he just never really put his imprint on this game, which I thought Bobby, was really surprising. Bobby, what'd you see out of Kyrie? It, it was another example to me of what makes this Nets team a massive concern going forward, no matter what you think the series is going to end up becoming. Uh, they don't have great cohesion between that big three right now. Kyrie looking tentative, passing up shots, other shots, not getting great touch on them. He he just looked out of sync with the two other stars who were obviously rolling in this game. James Harden, an incredible game in isolation. Kevin Durant able to do whatever he wanted across the floor. So to me, it looked like he was the third option here who just didn't have a sense of what his role was tonight, which is interesting because of the fact that we've seen him do well in that spot with this team before. Not in a ton of reps, but when the big three have been together, we've seen him ball. We've seen him... Uh, succeed so to me the environment I think the scale of this uh, game here hurt him and not to mention the fact that he was getting put in switches all game long that were just challenging him defensively I thought he had an abysmal game on that end of the floor just getting completely dominated by Tatum on that side Uh, so I think he just taken out of this one mentally with just the level of exertion that he had he had to put up on that end of the floor and just not finding his spots and rhythm on the other end of the floor and not to mention Joe Harris trouble here I think the lineups got a little wonky Blake and the centers were horrible so I think you just saw a team that just didn't have sync cohesion in the nets and that makes you feel a little bit better as a Celtics because that wasn't just on the net that was the Celtics causing that. That was them playing, running great offense, making plays, putting the Nets in difficult positions. And Steve Nash didn't really have an answer for it. Yeah. Um, he didn't. And look, you mentioned it, Bobby, about cohesion. It's not a it's not a team that is going to win based off cohesion. It's a team that's going to win based off, off of superior talent. It's a my ball, your ball offense. And you've got two guys. They were cheat codes. You got 41 and 39 out of your other two players. Yeah, you I know. And most that's, of those. that's what's concerning should, for them. You yeah. should win most of those games. And like Durant, I'm legit shocked anytime he misses a shot. I'm shocked. When he when he when he rises up and misses on a clean look, shocked. And Harden can basically draw a foul every single time that he wants if he does, if he's not making step back threes. Those guys are freaking unstoppable, and it doesn't matter what you, they're you can't play defense against them. They they're and so and then when Kyrie's going, it's forget those guys could score a hundred by themselves any game. You got eight, you still almost got a hundred out of those three tonight uh, with I, with Irving having a terrible game. So I mean, it's. You know, you know, I don't even know. I mean, what is it? It's it's 80, 96 points out of those three. It's they're uh, they're a horrible defensive team, and that's going to be concerning yeah. if you're looking for the Nets to win a championship this year. Because we no, lost. There's, it- there's some actual, there's some real action behind you, buddy. <laughs> there's an axe throwing match. There's some kind of battle going on. Are there's people just okay? violence. <laughs> It's, it's Kyrie t- getting some shots after the game. That's what you're hearing. That's all. 
Sherrod's <laughs> at the Garden. Everybody should know there's a Bruins What a great game. night at the Garden. Bruins playoff game, full capacity tomorrow, and a Celtics game, full capacity on Sunday. So that place is going to be a freaking zoo for the next – 70 for the next 72 hours you know john you have you have hope now you have hope in this series not that you're necessarily going to win but that you can make this come well you know here's the thing three hope to me that that hope stems from the the ability to create mismatches all over the floor i mean tatum we talk a lot about what he was able to do and then certainly whoever they put on him got just got taken to the crook to the cup all game long but Marcus Smart. I, I thought one of the most important plays of the game was not so much that Marcus Smart was making shots, but after he made a couple of shots, he decided, nope, I'm not going to take this shot. I'm going to get it to Tatum. Tatum had that three-point play in, in, uh, in the fourth quarter over Kyrie, and I thought that was one of the most important plays of the game because it was Smart recognizing the moment. This is not my time to take a shot. This is my time to find a matchup, be the playmaker, and let's get the hell out of here with a win. Marcus was Awesome. I mean, great so all series. I'll, you you want you want me to own something? I mean, two guys I've been critical of all season long. Uh, you know, smart for the inconsistent play, and Tristan, absolute big boy pant games. I mean, these guys were freaking incredible. Tristan set so, the tone. I thought. What's I thought funny he set is the like tone. those are the guys at the beginning of the season. You said, you know, and we all said are, are the guys who should be setting the tone a lot for this team in terms of the attitude and the feistiness. Like if this is, if you got 80% of this Tristan Thompson all year long, people, he'd be the, he'd be the second Jersey sales behind friggin' you know, Tatum right now. Like people it, it would be replacing the Horford one up in my room. People, right. <laughs> people would have loved this. You just didn't see it. This was unreal. Uh, and we talked about offensive rebounds, I mean, I know, Bobby, it's kind of a controversial stance. The offensive rebounds don't matter. I mean, they do matter. They just weren't making enough of an impact earlier in the season. Tonight, it was a huge issue. Thompson just cleaning the boards up there, getting the second, second possessions, Celtic second possessions, being successful in putbacks. That putback dunk, oh, my God. You know, like, where did that come from? He was possessed tonight. So Tristan and Marcus, hats off. They With the attitude, with the tone, they were they were unbelievable all night. Well, my, my worry is, is can they sustain this? I mean, they, this was a great game. And if you play like this for the rest of the series, and you, you've got, as Bobby pointed out, you've got hope. But we've seen this movie before where there's a great effort, great performance, and then poof, it's gone. They need to bottle this up and bring it back for game four because if they do, we could easily be looking at a 2-2 series. I feel really good about them continuing this because it's it wasn't abnormal stuff. I mean, this is Tatum's fourth 50-point performance of the year. He's getting mismatches that he dominates. We know Thompson's advantage that he has here. We've talked about it again and again, whether that was worth buying into or not. Obviously, they had to tonight once Rob went down. Uh, Kemba didn't do anything special by any means. In fact, he was terrible here. So it's not like... Yeah, I was about to say, was, there was nothing special about him today. He, he was bad, really What's bad. the opposite yeah, of so, Right. And, and then you look in the smart and the Fournier, what they did, they hit open shots because the attention Tatum was getting. So what they were able to do offensively here is like absolutely repeatable. And it's not like they were locking the nets down defensively or anything like that. So if you get some extra defensive yeah. success in ensuing games and keep those open shots and hitting them, you have a formula for success here. And who is the best player on the floor tonight? Who That's was the cool. best player? I mean, yeah, you got to say Tatum. Tatum. I think I think you have to go with Tatum. And in a game where it's the Rams scored thirty nine, Tatum or Harden. 
Tatum and Harden scores 41. That's a special thing you have going here. Yeah. Harden was, Harden was unreal too. Um, Joe Sway is also at the at the at the garden, so hopefully we'll have a sy- symphony of whatever it is that's going on behind Gerard coming up shortly. <laughs> Joe Sway is part of like, it. It's him the rats. Are, are, are you right next to the cafeteria or something? Are they are they cleaning plates up? I actually thought I was in the quiet zone. I came like all the way up to the ninth floor, and it's actually pretty quiet where I'm at. What you're hearing is the sound of folks just whacking away down on the court, the dismantling um, the, the 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 garden floor. I guess yeah, no. I saw Kyrie taking some shots though. Really? I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get in. I don't want to get into the Kemba bad, but Kemba was bad. Um, fine, we'll get into the Kemba bad. Um, it's too late. You're already there. Let's go. <laughs> I I mean. Look, I know people are going to want to, you know, there was a lot of action on Twitter. A lot of people really upset about it. Um, You can't, so (laughs) you can't survive, right? Like you can't survive with him being this bad. Um, Again, I don't know how much of it was the need. That they did. Yeah, it's amazing that they did. Yeah, he had open shots throughout that second half that would have yep. put this game away at numerous points the fourth quarter in particular long one above the break i think he had another one in the corner uh another one in the lane i believe and the miss layup was just so the brutal when the nets fell within six yes well, and that a- was that was where i thought the door was really going to open for the nets but see here's the thing though you, you gotta you gotta keep this in mind every single starter for the Celtics, not named Kimball Walker, shot 50% or better from the field. How many games are you going to have where all four of those guys are going to shoot that well from the field? And all of them took at least 11 shots. So it's not like they just took a couple of shots and then called it a day. So it was the perfect storm for them to survive a bad Kimba shooting night because everyone else literally had it going. Um, but are you going to be able to do that for another game or two or three? Probably not. Uh, he's going to have to play better for them to win. Especially considering, like, if you're going to do one thing, if you're Brooklyn, you're going to go look at look at some tape or not look at tape and just say, we got to double Tatum every single time. Um, and, um, and, and that means guys like Kemba and Fournier and Smart are going to have to hit shots. Um, yep. And so, I mean, that's – Without Jalen John, you've, Brown you, here, you've asked you've asked us all year why why don't teams do that? To why begin don't with? teams do it? Especially with Jalen out, it's mind boggling. I you I would blitz him on every pick and roll and get and make him and make him get get the ball and get the ball out of his hands every time. Just oh. just fire guys at him on every pick and roll situation, every switch, and just boom, two guys and boom, make make him get rid of the ball immediately. I don't care who gets it or what the consequences. Let him have a 15 assist game if if that if that happens. You just don't want to what you don't want to let him get a switch and then go to work. I mean, I don't understand that philosophy. I they, today tonight they were it looked like they were switching and then they bring the guy back on a little bit of a delayed double yeah. in the second half. So they were trying to mix it up a little bit, but to me, I would just send guys at him all game long. I don't understand why anybody does that. Well, especially when you, you have a situation where he's on the side of the floor where there's like a Romeo Langford or there's, you know, someone oh, exactly. not. Yeah, because he got the Romeo time in the corner one time and it's like, OK, that shot's crooked. Right before halftime, half yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I thought Brooklyn certainly when they go back, they're gonna look and just see pretty obvious things they could do different defensively, and then we'll see if that 
if the Celtics are going to be able to counter that. Because, again, if you're blitzing Tatum, that means guys are going to have wide open shots. Well, then you make sure who's on the floor during that. If you see the Nets doing that, then you put Neesmith out there, you put Fournier out there, you have Kemba out there, and you make sure that they're shooters. So when he does get rid of that ball, then you make them pay. But you're right. There's times when Romeo's out there or whatever or Tristan. The options are really limited depending on what side he is. You force him to one side. Uh, and just, whoever you're going to give it to is not going to be a threat to score. And so, right. uh, you know, I, I would be sh- I would be shocked if they if they didn't uh, if they didn't go with that uh, with that plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think but, the problem yeah. that they have is just the connectivity because if you're going to throw the, that many doubles out there, you got to be able to get to your spots, and that's where you have to give Marcus Smart credit in this series. I think you saw hints of that in that third quarter. And Smart was able to hit a number of open threes. The one where Kyrie was called for the foul there. Uh, you had another one on the left wing. His shooting has just been incredible in the series. When you look at it tonight, best of all. But before it, five of eight in game uh, one. No, game two. You have three of eight in game one. Tonight, coming out, a brilliant shooting night. Uh, ending five of eight from three, finishing in the lane. I mean, he's just been stupendous and then you think of what he's doing on the defensive end too against Kyrie here tonight I, I Tatum's gonna get all the credit for this game but Smart was right there his running mate on the offensive end creating it's, for others yeah. he does it all I mean you just it, see like when he's playing within himself and hitting his shots he just raised him to a new level in a three stars world right now, it's Marcus Tristan and Kemba, and honestly, I and uh, and uh, Tatum, and I wouldn't, Tatum. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't balk at any one of, one of those guys being named like the number one star. You know, like if you want to go hockey style and call it three stars, any if you told me one of those three were your MVP, I'd say fair, that's fair enough because they were all equally it was really, important. Yeah, all it was really a great team long. effort because. They did what they needed. Tatum needed to score. They needed those buckets from him. Marcus Smart needed to have a complete game like that, you know, on, on both ends of the floor. Tristan Thompson needed to be a beast uh, on the boards there and provide a little bit of activity. They all gave the game exactly what it needed. Um, and they don't win without without all three of those performances. They were incredible. But incredible. you know who was low-key really good, though? I, I Romeo. Thought Evan Fournier. I thought Evan Fournier, no, Fournier was actually, yeah. Especially the way Sorry, that he's we, able to get in the portion of the show my bad I'll, no I'll wait, we're not getting there save that for fast. later i'll wait my turn <laughs> let me let me let me get my fournier off here because go, go, go. because i don't get this opportunity very often the thing that i loved about him wasn't just the shot making but it was the actual getting in kevin durant's face multiple times how many guys in the league do that and don't get torched right away there's something about that dynamic that again Kate, i mean kevin durant he, he's He's Kevin Durant. He's going to light everyone up. But the fact that Fournier has this, I don't give a F who the F you are. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to try to make plays. You're not going to punk me. Um, they needed that so bad. Uh, Tristan inside, I thought was, again, his aggressiveness from the outset, I thought set a great tone. Fournier and that not backing down from Kevin Durant. You need those type of things. We talked a lot about toughness with this team and how they've lacked it all season long. Those two guys in particular were really, really good in that in that department. I know. One of the, one of the few guys who was good in game two as well. I pointed that out after it. Efficient shooting. That play against Durant was so important in terms of just showing that you're going to step up to this group, even in a blowout loss there. Because, again, they, we all kind of felt they were done after two games. But you, you, when you bring it home and you reverse in the way that they did today – 
and have him contributing throughout the flow of this game on both ends of the floor. I thought he was critical in staying right after he got it going early in this game. Ran into a bit of foul trouble. I thought that that was one of the keys to this game. He ended up off the court very early in this one, Joe Harris, that is. Uh, but when he got back in there, Fournier was right with him. And then yeah. the big shot making, where Kemba wasn't able to hit those. Fournier, I thought, had the icer in this one on the right wing there. I think it was down the stretch. Uh, so, I just I love his fit with this team. I agree with everything Sherrod says about there with his toughness. It's like he almost uh, doesn't know better in this NBA fraternity situation just because of his background there in France and everything and really not playing with any stars in Orlando and just kind of being on his own down there. Uh, he, he, he's just out there balling. And then the freshness. I, I think that's a key factor as well. The short bubble that he went through, you know, not playing the extended minutes with Orlando that Tatum and Brown and some of these other guys had to go through in Boston. I, I just love that move so much at the time. And I think he really has given this team a boost late in the year with something they didn't have early in the season, that off ball shooter, a good rotation defender and a guy who going to these lineups that they want to play in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was great. And you know what I hate, you know what I hate about this is we're geeked up right now and justifiably so, because this was an awesome game and like a really ballsy effort. One that you've been dying to see from this team, you know, and you've seen a couple, uh, just not enough. And it's so tantalizing. And again, they're even saying it on the broadcast, like every team in the NBA has so much talent that you can theoretically win even without some of your best players. But you see a game like this, you see them play with grit, you see Brooklyn and the whatever flaws they have exposed, you watch Kyrie Turtle under pressure and Oh, here we go. You start playing the what if game. What if Jalen wasn't hurt? What if Rob was fully healthy? Oh, you know, and are we going to do this to ourselves again? Are we going to do it? Are we going to ride this high and come into game four and then, you know, watch it go down again? I don't want to, I don't want to assume that's going to happen, but they've been doing it to us all year. And it really is a bummer because you see this compete like this, you see him compete like this and you're like, ah, it feels like a choice, right? Like, couldn't you do this all the time? This was phenomenal from a compete standpoint alone. I'm not a moral victory guy. I would have absolutely tipped my hat to this game, even if they lost it and said, that's well done, boys. Because they gave every they they gave everything, man. Uh, and that's and, all you want. That, that, yeah, that's and, literally all you want. I and mean, that's, that's what I want. And I want to believe. I want to believe in game four. 17,000 people. I'm dying to get. Believe. I, I said to you in this thread, I want this one bad. You know, like I wanted this game badly. And now you want another. You you got a taste of it, you know? I, I just think so many things out of this game bode well. You saw the Nets storming back late again and again, but you never felt that the lead was that unstable for the Celtics and that the Nets were just going to rush back and run away with this one just because of how unbalanced Harris was, the way Kyrie was playing almost out of the flow of this game I, you could roll with the punch with Durant and Harden because everybody that Brooklyn was bringing off the bench wasn't able to contribute and by contrast I thought the Celtics brought numerous guys off the bench that were extremely helpful in this one Romeo's early energy in that fair the ball really got them rolling after a tough start and then finally Grant Williams at center changed this game how many times have I said it throughout the flow of the series? This is the perfect opportunity to put him in a position where he's naturally built to succeed. And you get a plus 15 out of him here. It's a short runner inside, another shot later. 
and a ridiculous block on Harden. You got 11 solid backup center minutes out of Grant Williams after Rob went down. I thought Neesmith <laughs> played well later in the game, winning minutes. The bench was really this legitimately is, good in this game. This is our contract. If I get to do Romeo, Bobby gets to do Grant. Exactly. But at least with part Romeo, of our arrangement. He, at least yeah. with Romeo, you're justified by the fact that he played damn near as many minutes as the entire Celtics bench. Well, let's talk about adjustments, okay? Because that was a big deal, right? Like, Romeo was early. And I don't know how much of that was uh, uh, Kemba-related um, because, you know, he, he wasn't right. He pulled him early. But Brad decided that was something he was going to. That wasn't a – Grant was a break glass in case of emergency move, you know, not a tactical one as much because Rob got hurt. and it And it ended up – he, he he acquitted himself fine in his minutes, but Romeo was a choice that he went with. He, he went away from Jabari, uh, and we thought before the series started it might be a Jabari series. And he went away from Neesmith. He went Romeo because he wanted that defense there. Um, and sure, he got cooked a few times by Durant, but it's Kevin friggin' Durant. He competed. He was there. He knocked down a couple shots early i don't know you can ask much more from romeo i think you know he turned into a pumpkin in the second half a little bit there um after a really good stint in the first but he still played valuable minutes all game long yeah i mean th this was definitely a game that if you're going to do like the romeo year review this is going to be prominent uh the, the way that he competed the way that he knocked down shots i mean he didn't shoot a great percentage but the fact that he the, the ones that he missed were pretty damn online yep. um and to me as much as this was about trying to make this a series and getting the win i'm thinking about next year i'm thinking about what can these games do for those young guys heading into next year like romeo i think is going to have a different level of confidence if he can just stay healthy going into next yeah. year because of what he's able to do against guys like Kevin Durant, who you're not going to shut down. But if you can compete and contest. You're, but he you're, can guard, he can guard multiple positions, you know, like obviously someone like Durant, look, no one can guard Durant. He's six eleven. you know, he's given, you know, but he's got the, he's got, he's got the quicks. He's got the lateral move. He can be annoying. He can guard guards. He can guard point guards. Like, I think that's super valuable. His switchability um, yeah. on a team like this, it does make sense. Um, as long as he can kind of, and you know where he makes more sense than Neesmith is Neesmith is just too, spazzy and energetic for this team so he's a foul waiting to happen they'll expose him they're too good you know you can't you get him on a switch on hard and it's going to be a foul 100 out of 100 times it's just it's not fair he hasn't he's got maybe a few years from now he, he'd be able to to you know to get away with some stuff there but Harden's gonna Harden's gonna eat him alive Romeo's got a little bit more discipline on defense he moves his feet he doesn't reach as much it makes more sense I think it was a really smart play by Stevens I think a lot of people were like huh Romeo, but it does make sense why I think he went in that direction. So hats yeah. off to Romeo, hats off to Brad, because I thought that was an important adjustment. Perfect yeah, storm. Yeah. I mean, so many things just fell exactly how they needed right. to. Um, but, again, we and we talked about it earlier, but Kim has got to be better. I mean, damn. Um, he has to be better. What is it? What is it about the series, Sherrod? Because like it's not it's not health. That, although we've heard about a bone bruise with him now at this point, so maybe it is health. Um, but – Early in the series, even he just looked so did he look like he was labored, Sherrod, while you were watching? No, him? see that's the thing about it. He didn't did not, he, I didn't yeah. think he looked physically out of sync. Just I mean, he was shots. missing shots that are his shots. I mean, wide open, getting to the rim, beating you know the the, the in out dribble drive, and he was missing shots that are in his bag. And 
I can't understand why if those shots aren't falling. Man. And they were wide open. If that he hit, weird. If Wait, he, he even hit foul, like an ass. He gets to his spot and he pulls up, and it looks like it should absolutely go, and it doesn't. You're like, why? You know, 0 for 7 from 3. But very few of those were forced, you know? He's out of rhythm right now, and that's his thing. Like, we've learned in, th- in two years now with him here in Boston is that he's a rhythm player. When he yeah. gets on these extended runs where he you see him, like, not fluidly rising up into his shot or waiting an extra moment or two. I saw that when he was above the break a couple times. I, he just gets out of sports out there, and maybe that comes from compensating and changing the way that he goes through his motions with the knee that he's had to learn to adjust to this year. Remember the thing he said earlier this year about the surprise of not feeling pain with certain motions. It was a weird statement, but it reflected like the movement adjustments he's had to make this year. And for a guy who just clearly like built a rhythm shooting over the first 10 years of his basketball career or so, he's obviously had to change those in a significant way this year. And I think he has a tough the repetition. He played a chunk of the season, admittedly, waiting for an injury to resurface. You know, he was waiting for the pain to return um, and and kind of nervous about it. So you wonder what parts of his re- regular rhythms he had to alter because in the back of his mind, he's thinking, I don't want to I don't want to go through this again. And so I'm going to do things in a way to protect myself from you know, re-injuring myself or feeling that again. It took him a while to kind of get that confidence. But again, we had that stretch, Bobby. We closed the season with six or seven 30-point games. It's a real it's the a real third game to close the year. You know, that was a seven-game stretch where he averaged right around 30 and looked phenomenal. And not a, not all of it was on these open shots. A lot of it was going to the basket and he was getting to the free throw line. And just tonight, I mean this not series there. not there. Not there, and I, I, I and it's so perplexing because, as you said, Sherrod, it looks like Kemba up until the shot. It looks like the Kemba you know up until the shot doesn't go in. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think for him that that's it goes back to Bobby's point about just rhythm. Um, he might be the most needy rhythm player on this team because uh, I, I think other guys are able to kind of get it going and don't necessarily need to kind of ramp up or the runway to get it going the way Kemba does. Uh, but we all know when he does get it going, he's damn near unstoppable. They're going to need that Kemba to show up at some point in the series if this thing is going to go more than if, – if this is going to be the highlight of the series, uh, Kemba so has to be t- better for this to not be the highlight. We, we have a tough question here, too. And you asked me earlier in the se- series, John, why this isn't a good fit for him in this series. Yeah. Because I didn't like understand it. It feels like it should doesn't be. doesn't work for him. Yeah. The switch to me. Both teams are switching like crazy. And just the intensity of that and the way he's getting hit with again five tonight, it, it takes him off the court, gets him out of the rhythm even further. That kind of stuff, the defensive deficiencies that he has have been emphasized here because teams are tar- – the Nets I in particular are targeting him. But I feel like he should be able to get his shots, which he did tonight. I also think he should be able to get to the rim unchallenged um, when when he wants to. And that's what I thought this was a great series for him. So I'm surprised he didn't carry over the late season success. Yeah, but the but the focus, the focus, the focus in that sense is on Tatum, setting those up for Tatum. You can only set up one guy in that kind of situation. Uh, It's going to be catch and shoot opportunities for everybody else when they close in. And when uh, they are, what the Celtics keep saying is, is the Nets collapse heavily. 
And so you're seeing wide open shots for Fournier and Smart, and those are guys who are great in those situations uh, when they get their shot down. Kemba, the biggest problem that when he ends up in that off ball role, he's not a great ball shooter, catch and shoot guy. Like we've just never seen that from him in Boston at any point in his career. Yeah. Yeah. They're um man, I I'm I'm just I I, I keep looking at this damn box score and there's a lot of data. So here's the question. I, that Kemba do, do you play this, Pritchard over him when he starts ending up up in a flow like this? Did we said that just before, to get those right? catch and shoot. When Kemba's not when Kemba's yeah. not right, I don't understand why they don't swap directly for Pritchard and get the stuff you're hoping Kemba would do, especially considering he's so good on the catch and shoot. Um it I, I I'm surprised Brad went to zero on him, right? Something, something is not right about that. I mean, it's, 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 it's as if Pritchard has just fallen off the face of the earth, as if there was, you know, yeah, something happened where Brad just lost all faith in him or Brad is just saying, I'm going to put all my faith in Kimba, uh, which if he were healthy and if he were playing like Kimba, those two things, and it would make sense. But he's healthy, we think. But he's damn sure not playing good basketball. It's not even close. He's six six minutes with a zero stat line. Yeah, you, you talk know? about yeah, Pritchard. Yeah, yeah. He's barely played in the series. It's yeah puzzling because they need two points with the Nets. What we've learned through three games is other than that first half where everybody on the Nets was off and the Celtics got like an extraordinary performance from Rob that's probably not in the cards for the rest of the series. This is just a scoring race. So you got to be as good offensively as you can on the floor. And it's not like Kemba in this series in particular is giving you much on the defensive side of the floor. To, no, but you uh, got to roll yeah. with them. That's the thing is like, they are, they are where they are right now. That's the thing you need. I it. know, but down the stretch game, it felt like if Pritchard was out there and got one of those shots, he would just hit that one or two to seal the I deal. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't, I don't feel that. I I, I don't. Cause I, I think I to think the point I'm, now where, where Pritchard's confidence, I think is, is shaken to the point where, even when he's put in those situations where he's taking shots that he's made all season long, he's not going to get it done. Yeah, I just I think his confidence is shot that shot right. Now. Also, one of the beauties of Kemba, and you did see it here because he did hit one big shot late. Is this is a guy who can go 0 for 14 and then knock down two triples late when you need them. And so I just think is he's a guy you just can't remove at that point. Like I, there was a ton of people on Twitter. Almost every comment I made. On Twitter tonight, the responses were, what the hell's Kemba doing in there? He's got to get him out of there. I don't know what you're replacing him with. You need the offense. This is, as you said, Bobby, a series where you've got a frigging score points. It's okay? tough because, it, yeah, if Pritchard and, and, was and, and, and minutes otherwise, it, yeah. you would feel good about seeing whether he can handle it or not. And I guess they gave him a chance in game two, an extended, a more extended run than we saw in game one or in game three here. And he threw the ball over Thompson's head and did a few bad things. It's just that sort of thing with Brad, where if he, if you give him a glimpse of reason not to trust you, he's going to pull you out of there as a young player. And that's tough because it does really feel like he can help them. They just, they've refused to play those three guard lineups this year. And I get it because you can get targeted in those switches like crazy, but uh, it's difficult that you're no best problem. Three, yeah. yeah, two bigs, no problem. Three guards, <laughs> it, forget about it. it. It's difficult that your best shooter period this year can't be on the floor. It's strange. It's strange. Um, hold on one second. I'm checking some stuff. Rob I, I, I get it to some degree. Rob Williams yeah. in a boot, by the way. <sighs> After I know, yeah. I mean, it's uncanny with him at this point. Did anybody I, see it? 
No, he had that one rotation, went to the bench, and that was it. Did you see him hurt himself? No. I didn't see you, it. Sherrod? No, I didn't. I, 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 it's, I it's never like saw one... a replay. I never saw anything. No, no. It, you just feel like, you know, Rob is like the young version of Chris Paul. Like, he just gets these inexplicable injuries that just – Completely derail the team in a way. Curry was that way too, if you don't, if you remember. Yeah, with the ankles, ankles right early on, yeah. right. And then he got healthy, and two MVPs later, he's he's yeah. amazingly awesome. But Curry was like, a, is this guy ever going to pan out? Sort of thing, right? But yeah, I don't yeah. know what's up. I mean, I hate it. I'm trying desperately not to put an injury prone tag on him, but like, shh, Jesus, it's hard man. not to. I, the truth is the truth. <laughs> I mean, in a fragile way. Like some people are just built different. And they – soft tissues all the time, stuff like that. Or in the NFL, you know, some guys just contact. They just can't take it. You know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's – one out of ten times he gets sacked, he's going to come out and he's going to have a sprained AC joint. It just is how it is. Like when he falls, he gets hurt. He's just mm – -hmm. he's brittle. He's not built that way. I just – rolled ankles are kind of rolled ankles, you know, like stuff like – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying and to that's say the it's thing. just – I want to say yeah, it's bad well, luck, but, man, I don't know season he's been able to bounce back for them and still contribute and i think there is hope that he can do it again here that's what you feel good about in this sense is that they basically played the whole game without him and won the minutes i mean grant was I that know. plus 15 and but, uh, thompson was you know incredible so weird bobby it, it's, a second, it's another game where tristan had a tristan had a good stat line two games in a row but the tristan minutes minus 16 okay in in 30 and rob plus eight and six you know and i know plus minus isn't everything but it's the second time in a row where you're like to, you know a game ago you're like rob didn't even seemingly make an impact but his minutes were so much better than tristan's minutes well, it, it, tristan it's interesting yeah it, it's tough to tag those on the center i know of, i'm not making everything the, what out takes, of what, yeah. yeah i think in, in this series less than any other the fact that you're gonna have harden duran irving on the floor in the starting units and then probably just one or two of them in those bench right. units really swings that. Uh, so that's a read here, and that goes for Grant, too, in that sense. Um, but at the same time, you do see that Rob's length and all that was very impactful here when it came to just holding down that basket area. Um, again, tonight, the Nets got jump shot happy. They really weren't going inside challenging Thompson and Grant in particular. Like, I mean, Grant did have that block on Harden. So maybe when they saw that, they were getting a little concerned. Boy, about were you excited about that. Let, <laughs> let me, let's welcome in. That was the uh, play of his career. Let's welcome in mask number two here. Uh, Joe Sway, we're trying to get Joe Sway in here. I'm in here. Right, there you. he is. Yes. Look What's at you. What's up, guys? What a night. I love this. I can't remember the last welcome. time I saw a game like that from this team. Jeez. Double it up. Can you reach over and give Sherrod a fist bump? Are you close enough? <laughs> Yo, how'd you know that? How'd you know where we're at? There you go. Oh, God. That's there's, a recipe there's literally, for disaster. There's literally three chairs between us. It's so funny. You nailed that. Job. Let's go. Let's connect it. Let's connect there it. There we go. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, you ruined it, Twin man. Powers activate. I, I ruined it. I'm trying. Hey. I'm trying. There we go. There we go. I see that blazer, too. Yeah. Come on. Jeez. Sharp. You should send me a text, Sherrod. Josue, <laughs> give us give us your take from your perspective there. Uh, energy, the Kyrie situation, what was going on there? Oh, man. From the moment he stepped out here, you, you, you saw the energy, you know, flowing throughout the building. And it's funny because the very beginning, he gave the crowd one of these, like, come on, keep it going. And yeah, I know. Oh, I'm above it. He never addressed the crowd again after <laughs> that. 
And I, I just, I mean, listen, his teammates, you got to give. Why Harden, was he so bad tonight, Josue? You got to give Harden credit. But I mean, honestly, I honestly think it was Kyrie, man. I mean, there were some moments where I felt like he was really trying to get into his bag and it was just like, this just wasn't happening. But it, I, I don't, I mean, you could give, obviously, the credit to the momentum of the crowd. Obviously, it, it paid, played a big part, but I got to credit the Celtics. I mean, Tristan Thompson was huge. Marcus Smart. I mean, these guys anchored this defense, and they didn't give up on every single play. Like, you can just see the difference, especially Tristan Thompson. Man. I, I don't know. I, I think he's just – I think he was waiting for this for a long time. Obviously, he knows what it's like to be on the opposite end of playoff basketball in this building, and this is the first time he was on the right side to be. And did you see him out there, man, flexing? Not only flexing, but, man – Pumping up the crowd, like yeah. energizer, man. This guy took a charge and got up and was like flexing like a like a WWE wrestler, man. The crowd was loving yeah. every second of it, man. Well, Sunday's going to be even better. It's, it's no, I mean we gotta we gotta kind of significant yeah. right now for this team. This is a significant advantage. Did I, we gave we like it, go ahead. Bob, I was just say on Thompson real quick. We gave him a tough time, me included, about him starting and just his role and the success against this team and the game plan of trying to uh, take advantage of those offensive rebounds, that definitely swung this game tonight. I mean, I have to take that one back a little bit because you saw the impact. That was a guy too, Bobby. I was surprised. M- Momentum-wise of those plays, at the putbacks especially, where was that all season, above the rim? Well, I mean, he's he's done that before, but I, I just – the. The second chance opportunities, which remember we talked about before, it's, it, it's it's sort of a lost art when you look at the way the first two games played out. But in this one, it meant everything. When the Celtics were able to, to put together five consecutive defensive stops, I haven't seen them do that against the Nets all season. They did that in the first quarter heading into the second, which obviously gave them that lead. But at the same time, it also showed them that, hey, we can do this. We can shrink together stops. You know, it's not just, oh, yeah, what are you going to do when they're going, they're going. We can't stop the bleeding against these three. No, like, buckle down, take it play by play. And I know all those, you know, cliche lines is what you hear from Brad Stevens a lot of the time. But that's what they demonstrated out here on the defensive end. And I never really think, I mean, obviously, Tatum's 50 points went a long way. But defensively, that sort of energy, that when, when it looks like it's embedded into the culture, into the fabric of the team, that's Boston basketball. I mean, that's playoff basketball, right? Celtics playoff basketball, right? I mean, this is the first time I've seen it, uh, you know, this series. Well, let me ask you this on the Kyrie perspective. Uh, it's really hard to say, just from your vantage point, how was the crowd? Were they Did they keep it above board? But did anything feel nasty to you in terms of the mood? Did it feel like booing just normal booing again you don't know what every single person is yelling there but it also it also felt to me like the crowd lost interest in booing and i mentioned this to sherrod halfway through the first quarter they it was fun for a little bit but it kind of tapered off i didn't think he got like like i said he 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 heard it every every touch every touch wasn't enough for you (laughs) well it felt like every touch for a while and then it kind of tapered but maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong yeah, I feel like they kept it. They kept it pretty, pretty thorough in here with, with Kyrie. Yeah, um, specifically this section in the the balcony is not too far from the media. They would start this slow one. It would pick up momentum. It would just go Kyrie, Kyrie. which I don't know if that's a Boston thing. I swear Boston loves that chant. Yeah, they yeah, love like, it. Let's just repeat his name over and over. And it's going to drive me crazy. It's a death. It it's, de- it's an old one with Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, and I remember you can do it with any two syllable name, Kyrie. Yeah. And so it's got like, yeah, yeah, they did it with Robert Horry when he threw the towel at his place. The time, which was Danny Ainge here in Boston. Yeah, it goes, it dates back for a long, for a long time, but I mean, 
and Troy, I know you can attest to this. I, again, when you don't have a packed house in here, like people hear you. You know, there was plenty of instances where like a crypto line that two seconds where no one's speaking, you just don't go, Gary, you suck. You know, squeeze it in there. You know, you heard it. Like it's just again, that's the sort of somewhat of advantage if you're in the crowd of being in, you know, a game like this. Sunday. I don't know what that is. That's not even on my end. This uh, is intense tonight. I, the, they're excited um, about the wind down there or something. But yeah, Sunday, I mean, you're not going to be able to get away with that. They really hear you in this one. They hear one of them too. And I didn't hear anything that, that crossed the line. Yeah. No, they were, they were, I, I was like shocked at how good they were. But I, I do think that part of that has to do with the fact that everyone was on notice. Uh, when that stuff typically happens, it kind of comes out of left field. Like there wasn't this advance be on the lookout for X, Y, Z, one, two, three. But you had what happened in in Philly. You had, you know, the, the with the, the spitting incident in New York. And so there was a heightened sense of, like, guys, don't F this up, fans. Do not F this up. And then Kyrie just kind of amplified, you know, if you're going to F this up, we're gonna, you're gonna be put on blast, and so I, I think, I think Celtics fans, or look, look, we're just gonna do what we always do. Every time he touches a damn ball, we're gonna be loud as hell. That's what they've always done to guys that they don't particularly care for, or like. Uh, and so, three it things was pretty standard. It was. I was just pretty. I was just surprised. I mean, obviously the the fu. You guys heard that from home. I was just surprised we didn't hear any other terms. You know, like derogatory terms and stuff like that. Not anything racial, but you know. It, it is Kyrie, you know. Kyrie's a bitch. Oh, they were they, everyone was or, other than the Apple Kyrie chance. That was pretty much as, as pretty out much of bounds no as one, they got. No one called. Yeah, no one. Everybody was put on notice, and, and and you had you had other things to pay attention to tonight too. When Tatum got rolling, that was going to be a point of focus for the fans. And frankly, Kyrie just didn't insert himself into the game. Yeah, and then you really just started. Then you started to just want to win, right? Yes, and because I. Feel, it just became a basketball game. It was like, oh yeah. my god, they they could win this thing, you know. I mean, not to give Kyrie a lot of credit, but I mean, down the stretch, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. But it almost seemed like you didn't want to hold the ball for too much. You didn't want to distract for too long. I don't know. Some of those uh, chances when they got really strong, he didn't he's, want he's it. Passed, he's passing he, it off. Yeah, he was he, he was, was out way of too fast the game. Was, yeah, I mean, Kyrie usually has this passive aggressive thing, except he left the aggressive at at the door. Uh, he sure. was just passive in every sense of the word. Standing uh, I, around. I, 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 this it reminded me of his last playoff series with the Celtics when they went down to Milwaukee and he yeah. put strung together maybe the five worst games of Kyrie Irving's career. Uh, he sucked horrible in those games, and tonight he sucked. Uh, there's no getting around that. Uh, it, it was as if as if he was just as if he came into the game thinking that I just need to show up and my guys they're going to take care of this. They got this. They're going to get this one for me. Uh, that's not how this works, dude. Uh, you coming back to your own building? Oh hell, that you played in. Mm. You don't leave it up to your teammates to get it done. You do. You what, do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to do that. something. Yeah. And and, and just to uh, double down on that, I mean, I I just I believe sometimes, at least in his body language, it was like I don't think these guys have it in them. You know, wait to the fourth quarter. Even when the Celtics had the fourth quarter, you know, obviously in the fourth they built that uh, seventeen point lead. But it still seemed like he was just wasn't buying it. And then once it was too little, too late, or at least when when, when Tatum hit that, uh, what 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 gave him the fifty points? That was a dagger, you know. That was huge. Oh, thank you. Maybe, that maybe that's when maybe that's when it sucked in. Yeah. Know? Well, 
it, uh, it, what's interesting too is I, I think because Kyrie didn't factor really into the result of the game, uh, he can probably opt out of media tonight because it'll be Harden and Durant. Uh, my guess we're not going to hear from him, um, so he, he's not going to respond to his, to his performance, uh, and he's not going to respond to whatever Jalen Brown had to say um, about him prior to the game, which was the um, oh lord, which was unbelievable, obviously, uh, and you know. A, a, a real moment uh, with, you know, Jalen being asked to speak about the issues, um, you know, really obviously came up, uh, came up big and you guys all heard it. Uh, I have a snippet of it. We're going to play it uh, here if we can, uh, just so people can hear it if they haven't already, because it was. And just, and just real quick, John, you, you know, this injured guys don't talk. You know, like no, th- right. he really this had soon after they're hurt. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. yeah. He he really had something to say here. And hours before the game, I, that was just a moment today that you yeah. rarely see. So I'm gonna try to play it. I might mute Sherrod and oh, Joe like- Sway here and give it a whirl. It bothers me if you know the construct of racism, right, is, you know, uh, used as a crutch or an opportunity to to execute a personal gain. I'm not saying that's the case, but I do think racism right now is bigger than basketball. I do think racism is bigger than game three of the playoffs. So I want to urge the media to paint that narrative. Um, Not every Celtics fan, I know that every Celtics fan in our arena is not a racist. We have people of all walks of life, ethnicities, um, colors that are diehard Celtics fans. Um, so I don't, I think by painting every Celtics fan as a, as a racist would be unfair. Um, how Boston, we got a lot of work to do. Um, no question. Um, incarceration rate is ridiculous. Um, the wealth disparity is embarrassing. Um, the inequality in education, specifically in Boston public schools, needs to be better. Um, there's lack of resources there, lack of opportunity. The tokenism here in Boston needs to be addressed as well. But if, if we're going to talk about it, and that's what the media is going to bring up, I think a sport and arena, um, things might exist. But in the real world, things exist to far different extremities. Um, so I'll open everybody's mic again. Uh, he went on. He went on for a while, um, and uh, you know, we you know, uh, we didn't play all of that there. But he I got also some Kyrie too. If you need it, John. What's that? I got a little audio from Kyrie. Uh, he he spoke with Durant. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, send it to me. But uh, uh, when was that? Sorry. Uh, like moments ago, Tonight. just now. Tonight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So um, yeah, I, I've got somebody. Somebody's going to send that to me. Um, okay. But uh, uh, I'm curious what he said. We can talk about that in a minute. As far as JB, he talked about that, uh, talked about the issue of racism being something beyond Boston, something, uh, you know, uh, nationwide, address the problems within Boston uh, that need to be worked on as well. Uh, Also kind of called Kyrie out a little bit and saying, look, man, we all want change. I don't know necessarily if 
what you you know if that's right. what you were striving for which if i don't know if that's what you were striving for when you said what you said um and so he kind of put him on he kind of put him on notice um, it, was consistent. Sure. It, it was consistent with what tends to happen when Kyrie opens his mouth it's not always the message it's the messenger delivering it that tends to get complicated and convoluted and frankly get watered down to the point where what it, what he's saying isn't given the type of attention or validity that it should and 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 Kyrie, for, for bless his heart, he, he just can't seem to understand that's the issue. Uh, it's not that people are against your message. They're against you delivering that message because often you conflate things in a way that they don't make sense. And when people try to unravel that, you don't want them to unravel that. You want to be this kind of, you know, cloak and dagger, you know, yeah. mysterious bullshit that people get tired of. And and people get frustrated with and and it, it's 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 sad because there's a lot. I, Kyrie is is not nearly as big an a hole as he comes off as being, um, but because he has enough a hole in him that comes out far too often, it again it takes away from the message that he's trying to deliver. And I, I give Jay, I give Jalen Brown a lot of respect because Jalen was really one of the first guys in that locker room to just say, I'm not putting up with your bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit right now. Yeah. And that, you know, it put him in a position where you could tell that him and Kyrie were not going to be together for the long haul. Yeah, something when, was when going to was, happen. When Kyrie had his whole, you know, you know, not so thinly failed criticism oh, of the other oh. guys. Or right. I need a 14-year veteran here. Yeah, and Jalen was like, that's not helping anybody, man. Right. You know, like, it's it was very clear. Well, actually, you what just, I remember yeah. back is there's a lot of Celtics media at the time who were like, it's not certain he was talking about Kyrie. Yes, it was. Obviously, he was. And he he, he didn't care. He's like, I know he's going to listen to this, and I don't care. You do not talk about us like that. It doesn't help. It's all – it's the same idea. It doesn't help the cause. If you have something you want to change, this isn't the way to go about it, you know? And I think that was kind of similar to here where it was like, Come on, man. We this is a real struggle here, and you're going to use this right. opportunity here to talk about it heading into a basketball game and 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 bring up all of this shit. You know yeah. where this is something that we're trying to figure out. You know we're trying we're fighting this fight every day, and you're using this as cover. Uh, and and he called him out on it. And so Jalen set a tone there. It really was kind of like I've never seen such a universal reaction to something as everybody reacting to Jalen Brown's comments prior to the game. I think this this struck a nerve in two ways with Brown because we all know the implication with what Irving said was a perpetuation of what Boston is. And we know with Brown's tenure here and, frankly, with just how involved he's been in Boston, that he is a Bostonian at this point. Like, he's been named one of the most influential Bostonians and all that different kind of stuff. So this was – in his mind, probably an attack on the real work being done by black Bostonians. But Kyrie does it too. You got to be fair. Kyrie does a ton of stuff himself. He does. He's just saying yeah. a ton, and not for all disenfranchised. Yes, but it's all about the it's it's but, about the implication there. But here it was. Why are you do? Why are you? Is this sincere? Is basically what he's saying. Yeah. Is why are you bringing this up about this place and this game and this situation here? Is this a thing that you that you needed to do? It's not that you don't fight for the cause and you're not. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Jalen's saying there's more important things too. Like, you know, the the structural things here that you have to talk about, the systemic racism. That's where we get into like the like difference between someone yelling something in a crowd versus like public education and the structure of that. And there's obviously a target and an an emphasis that Brown placed on rap rather than, you know, what's going on here. Unfortunately, I think what's going to come out of this uh, to a large degree is, wow, Brown really stuck it to Irving. And that's going to be the focus of this when it does have to be that, it it does have to be that, you know, Brown said explicitly there that there's, there's a lot of work to be done on Boston's end. If you, I can both be right here is my point. Because let's look even up to today. Thompson said. No, I was going to say Jalen nailed it when he talked about the the entire issue. Like this, to to boil it down to, you know, a basketball game, I I thought that's the way. I think that's why Jalen responded the way he did. Because I think he looked at it, and I look at it to a certain extent, as like a sort of a chess move. It was like a head game, sort of a, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you think, right? That's what Kyrie always does. He just makes you think, whether you agree with what he's saying or whether he's talking in circles. He's gonna make you think about what he's saying. Because there's always that headline that gravitates you towards, you know, trying to figure him out. And in this one, I just looked at it as a straight playoff move, a straight postseason. I'm already in Tatum's head. I'm going to get, you know, into the head of these of these fans. And I'm going to make people think about, you know, what's been going on, obviously, across the country, but also, in particularly, Boston, you know. And I just didn't think that was a fair move for him to make because it, it was, to, it, to use his term, it was strictly basketball. It wasn't, I didn't see it as an overall step in the right direction and trying to bring overall awareness. It just seemed like a petty move. Who, who, from a guy who was just pulling it out of his back pocket, you know, seconds before he's finally going to face the Celtics fans. He's had a handful of opportunities to do this before, and he's avoided every single one of them. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want, I don't want this to become. Yeah, Kyrie got owned, and his 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 notion here got thrown up. It will be for some people, but it doesn't matter. as, As as early as this morning, we still have Celtics agreeing with him that it's there and it's an issue. Tristan Thompson this morning saying he's heard it in the garden. Marcus Smart, uh, you know, and people across the league, Blake Griffin in the series saying he's heard about things that have happened in Boston. So it's just part of the puzzle here, and I think that's what Brown was emphasizing. Um, But at the same time, you've seen acknowledgement here. And what still frustrates me to some degree is that the Celtics didn't even put out a statement on it. Uh, acknowledging the issue and just saying that we don't condone this stuff if it's happened and if it continues to happen. Again, I think they can both be right here. This isn't Brown versus Kyrie and who should address Stevens' point. He mentioned that it has happened since he's been here and it's been dealt with immediately. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I thought that he did a good job in, in, in getting that out there. Hey, listen, yeah, we've heard it too and stuff, and it's been dealt with. You know, if you haven't done your homework, I'll t- I'll be the first one to tell you right now. Like, the NBA is on top of these kind of things, and so is the organization, of course. Like, none of that is tolerated. You know, this isn't one of those uh, situations where they have to go back and find out exactly what happened. No, this has been dealt with. You know, uh, the Marcus Cousins incident, you know, the guy was suspended for two years. Uh, you know, times and things in the past, whether it's not even just at TD Garden, but in Boston in general, you know, these things have been well, dealt with. The- Here's the thing that, and again, we're spending way more time talking about this than I, than I wish we did, but we have no choice because, again, Kyrie threw the, know, this right. Molotov cocktail in there, and we, we have to address it. But right, right. the one the one thing that that we, we tend to, to get away from it and lose sight of is the fact that these type of uncomfortable conversations for not just Celtics fans, but just for fans in general, it forces them to embrace something that they don't want to. And that is that as much as these athletes are out there as 
as entertainment, they're human. There's a humanity about them. There are things that they care about that have nothing to do with jump shots, layups, and dunks. And when that enters the equation, it makes people uncomfortable because then you st- you have to start looking at, you have to start looking at yourself, your shit. How are you doing what you're supposed to do, or are you not doing what you're not supposed? It it forces you to address issues that most people in whether it's Boston, whether it's Birmingham, Alabama, whether it's you know anywhere Burbank. Right. It makes people very uncomfortable, and frankly, I like that. I like when people are uncomfortable because when you're talking about growing, whether it's sports, whether it's media, whether it's in classroom, you have to become uncomfortable in order to grow. And yeah. I think J- that's kind of when I listen to Jalen talk about we got a lot of work to do. He's talking about growth. And when I hear Kyrie, I think Kyrie wants to be in that same kind of conversation. But it goes back to what I was saying about the messenger and the message. Kyrie, there is a disconnect between the message that he's trying to get out there and him delivering it, whereas Jalen nails that shit every single yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, let's hear. I got a little, I got a Kyrie clip. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I was talking about how this game went and what to expect in the next one. Yeah, no, we're expecting a bigger crowd on Sunday. So I'm happy it was a, it was a great start to, um, you know, seeing what this environment is going to be like. And um, you know, just looking forward to the challenge. Greg Logan with Newsday. Uh, Kyrie, on a personal level, uh, what was the experience like for you? I, one time they were chanting some vulgar stuff and you kind of waved it on. Do you feel like you kind of had to get this one past you? I mean, it's basketball. I've been in a few environments in my life. So, you know, like I said, as long as it's just strictly the nature of basketball out there, there's nothing extra. I'm cool with it. Um, you know, going to get some some preparation with the team tomorrow um, and then get prepared for Sunday. But, you know, it's just, just want to keep it straight basketball. Need to rent. What's he need to rent <laughs> next to him all the time? Jeez, is he holding his hand or something? Damn. He might as like, well really? just sat in his lap. Why didn't he just sit for in his real? lap? <laughs> for real. And just, I mean, damn. Yeah, you for haven't seen that much right. in those Zoom presses. Don't worry. Game four Sunday. Here's, but here's the thing. You know, and I know, and everyone knows damn well that game four is going to be so much worse for him. There are going to be more oh people. Oh, my. They're going to be. They, and, and, now, and now now the Celtics got a W under its belt, under their belt? Oh, shit. They're, 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 they are feeling themselves. <laughs> they are feeling themselves. And Kyrie, and, and, and Kyrie, I just, you know, I'm game four is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best game of this. I don't care. Who, how this turns out, game four is going to be the best game of the series because that, to me, is what is it's the put-up, shut-up game. Are the Celtics, are they are they going to be able to, to make the most of this moment that they had in game three and build off of that? Is Kyrie going to show up and be like, you know, the, the Mr. Kyrie Irving superstar ball handler, I can do anything and everything on a court? Or is he going to shrink in a moment like he did in game three? Has there been – it's such a unique – uh, uh, situation and environment where in history has this happened where all of a sudden you you triple the amount of fans at a game like that it's never happened never right. in history where you you have not you have this and then you have that and you're talking about the the momentum of riding high 
from 2-0 to 2-1 and going like this. And all of a sudden, you're going to walk into that building. We talked about how much did not having fans impact them. And boo-hoo, nobody had fans. But, right. oh, my goodness, could you possibly have – could you be better positioned for the, than the Celtics for are numerous the reasons. For, for a million yeah. reasons. Again, health is going to matter. And I, Rob is done – I don't know if you're going to get another game like this from Tristan, but you have to assume you're going to get a better game from Kemba. Um, so you're yeah. hoping some stuff balances out. But, I mean, you're right. This but, I, I can't wait for this uh, for this game in this environment. So let me ask you no this, Josue, because I said this to start the show. It looks like they belong out there, and that's with everything just John, John mentioned. They look like they can go toe to toe with this team through two out of the three games now, <laughs> hold on, which wait, is hold extremely hold on, hold on. encouraging. Remember that? Hold on. Remember that one eighty I talked about at the game too? Just saying. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Bobby went so hard, hard from Brooklyn. This thing's done, guys. Like, this but they do this to us, Joe Swain. This is embarrassing. Before you jumped on, I said that, and everyone got mad at me in the chat. Everyone got mad at me in the chat for being negative, and I was like. But they've done this to us all year. All year you have a game year. and you're like, we're going to win, you know? And then the next one is like, womp, womp, you know? And so you, you all, but I'm, I forget it. I'm a sucker. I'm going to fall. They, they played me, their best. Fool me they once, played, fool me 36 times. I'm coming back. I'm going to keep doing it, you know? They played their best game after Kemba's worst performance, probably by far, losing Rob, which was really the advantage they leaned on in the first game. And effectively just putting this all on Tatum here and thriving through it by just breaking down that Brooklyn defense. And I think they've really have doubt here in Brooklyn's mind mm-hmm. defensively. And beyond that, Jeff Green is missing from this series now for the rest that's of huge. the series. And I, that's huge. I don't, amazingly, I don't think that's important. been mentioned. And crucial. Well, look, look Who's guarding happened. Tatum on look. the switches every time now? It's Kyrie. It's Blackston. Bruce Brown. It's these small guys. Eric Blackston can't wanted. move on the perimeter. Celtics won the bench minutes because the Nets were just putting crap out there because that's that's where they are right now. I mean, and I never um, imagined that. Never, especially considering the Celtics are, are short. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you look at this Brooklyn team. I mean, they, they played four guys off the bench, and three of the four guys are like what six four and under. Um, it, and inevitably, all those guys are going to match up with Tatum, which means that Tatum's got a four, five, six inch advantage over damn near everyone they put out. Yeah. And the only guy that can look him eye to eye is Claxton. And I mean, look, I'm surprised Claxton isn't walking out of here in a walking boot the way his ankles got oh, broken down over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, they don't have anyone on that second unit that can match up with Tatum at all. Yeah. And then when you got Kyrie Irving having to switch out on him, come on now. Yeah, their uh, center quick, situation's a disaster. Something's eyes lit up when you saw Claxton on the switch. Real quick, I haven't told people this. We do this all the time, but it's just a reminder. We're going to be going there shortly. Um, download the locker room app um, if you haven't already, uh, iOS and Android, um, and join us after the show. We're going to chat with you guys uh, for a little bit and get your thoughts. It's a win. So positivity, no fire Brad stuff tonight, okay? Oh, we don't even have Where's to mention Karen? Brad here. Where's, Where's Kest? Kest, no. Kest, don't do it, okay? Fresh takes. This is a great night for Brad. He Fresh hasn't takes. had one of these in a while. Brad had a good night. He's, 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 Terry, he's the worst challenger in the history of challenges, but um, he made adjustments tonight. Uh, it was a real good Brad game. It was a good Brad game. That challenging so every- stuff is, is He made adjustments. <laughs> 
Everybody chill. It's a Brad-free zone. I will knock you off the stage if you come with the fire Brad stuff. It, 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 you may still believe it. I'm not saying he saved his job or he's undone everything that you hated about him before. We're just not going to do it tonight. We're not going to do it, okay? We're talking don't about... Don't let him win Sunday. Don't let him win Sunday. Us, we're talking about oh, the boy. game. The he wins Sunday, he gets a new contract extension on top of the extension. Yes. Right. <laughs> Doesn't mean your Brad takes aren't valid. We're just not going to do it. Yeah, we're not doing that. Right. So can we? I, I want to continue this a little bit, but with Joe Sway here, because again, I, I I see some encouraging signs here that this could become competitive. That this this oh, could gosh. even go back to Brooklyn. Dude, he did it. They got him. They got him. They got Bobby. Again, it's it's all about what Brooklyn does defensively. Bobby, I just, all we learned tonight in the series is going back to Brooklyn. That's all we learned tonight. All right. <laughs> That's it. Going I just back think, to Bobby, Brooklyn. are you going? Bobby, Bobby, you can see your boy again. again. Go. <laughs> Send Bobby, me back, you go back to Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to head right nice. back there. Um, I just I, – their defense looks so splintered to me. You guys have to at least – acknowledge that and Durant in isolation couldn't get those stops on Tatum and that's probably something they could project to get in forthcoming games but when it comes to the switches which is something they have embodied as a defensive unit here in this series we're not going to play a drop with Jordan we're not even going to put Jordan on the floor we're switching everything and that's going to involve putting Blake on the perimeter that's putting Claxton on the perimeter and uh, now you don't have Green in that center position I think they've really lost a significant piece in their defense here that was already a weak well, unit. Give me all me. the Blake Griffin. Yeah, give me all. Oh, my God, he's a disaster. <laughs> I, think, I think that's, no, that's, that's going to be the adjustment. If, if Steve Nash is going to make an adjustment, I think Blake is going to be an adjustment. You'll see more Bruce Brown than Blake. Because remember how I'm good so they were. Brown's too short to me. He, you know he's what, too though? short. He's tough as he's he's a tough sob. I thought we'd I mean, get Brown over uh, over uh, Griffin. I'm actually surprised with Griffin minutes. Though again, they won the Griffin minutes again. But if you're think going of what happens. Yeah. Think of what happens when you put Brown in there. You switch him into the perimeter, and all of a sudden Tristan Thompson getting boxed out by Kyrie and Joe. That's a really Jeff bad situation Jeff, for them. Jeff Green's absence is huge. It is. They don't have the size they did. It's throwing everything they do from a rotation standpoint off defensively. Uh, and the yeah. Celtics, they need to be continue to be smart and take advantage of that because every single possession they're in a half-court set, they are going to have an advantage at some position. At right. some position, whether Especially, it's straight-up matchup or whether it's when they when they switch out on, on pick, pick and roll. Especially if Kemba can get cooking, man. I'm waiting for the Kemba game. I, I thought we'd see it. You know, one of these. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe Sunday tonight. You know, I'll think either three or four. We'll get a good, solid 20, 22 points from Kemba. You know, efficient. I think that'll also open up opportunities for the rest of the offense. But when we're talking about them getting torched on the switches, I mean, if Kemba gets cooking, that's going to really open things up. And also, Fournier had a low key, uh, good game on offense, but defensively, a bit exposed more than usual. So, Not a bit. Um, he was no they dropped a bit. Joe Sway, he was exposed. Come on, early on, yeah, he, was, he was. He was. So it was tough. Later, yeah, later on, no, he held. He, he held Joe Harris down, which was important. I mean, those two, because the Nets had a good night offensively. One nineteen. Yeah, they they shot well in this one. Uh, the key was that you held down Kyrie and you held down Joe Harris through foul trouble and just keeping him 
off rhythm, which I think foul trouble played into as well. I mean, he bricked a shot off the backboard after having one of the best shooting nights in Nets history. Uh, so he's a real wild card here too. If you can continue to expose him defensively here, that's so key for the Celtics. You want to drive these guys into the ground on the defensive end of the floor by making them work and by re- like having Thompson driving into them in the post again and again with screens and switches. And that's, to me, what was so encouraging about this from the Celtics angle. This wasn't a fluky game where Tatum hit a bunch of threes and you got ridiculous performances that aren't uh, sustainable here. You really worked offensively in a way that just tore down Brooklyn on that end of the floor. I mean, you got fifty yeah. from Tatum. You got fifty from. Yeah, let's be real I was gonna though. say, but you also, got fifty from Tatum, twenty-three like from twenty-three from Smart on eight of eleven shooting, and and nineteen from Thompson with nine offensive rebounds. Those are all really hard performances to. Repeat. And you won by six. And you won by six. So let's. I mean, look. There's but a who's going to guard Tatum? You, you, to, if to me, if you're the Nets, it's not. It's, it's, it's the it's it's the it's adjusting to the adjustments. If they open the game, doubling him a lot, what's Brad going to do? Is Tatum going to be able to find people? Are the other complementary parts going to be there to knock down their shots? Is Kemba going to have it? Is Marcus going to have the same stroke? Is Fournier going right. going to start cooking early? All of those yeah. things matter, you know. You so, know what was really interesting? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's it. But it's oh, all yeah. going to come down to that, you know? A few a few days ago, Brad Stevens said this team needs to score 110 points, right? And to me, I guess the Brooklyn Nets, I, I thought that was a bit low. 120. Look, it is. You got to hit 120. I look at what happened tonight, and I think this is, to, for them to sustain this, that's too high, right? We can't expect this team to score average 125 points from here on it's out. It's not a, It's like not even said, about the scoring, though. It's about doing things on the offensive end of the floor that just break Brooklyn down, is, land guys in foul trouble. Yeah, but Bobby, uh, tire if, them if out. Tatum doesn't score 50, I, I don't see how this team. I, I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even talking about putting. I'm not talking about putting points on the board. I'm talking taking Joe Harris off the floor. Yeah, that's huge. It, it uh, you is. know, putting Kyrie in oh, exhausting yeah. positions see, that's defensively. Why, that's why this isn't one of those games you look at and you say, oh, yeah, Tatum dropped 50 and carried them. Absolutely not. These other guys stepped up on the on the, on the defensive end. And, sure. you know, to Sherrod's point, 50 points from him, 23 from Smart, who which you can't rely on every single night. And they won by six points, you know? Well, like, we, we talked it, about it before, Joe Sway. Kyrie sort of sucked. shows how hard it really is to beat these guys. Kyrie sucked, and they got 96 points from their big three. Like, 110's not going to do it, you know? Like, That's insane. You know, That's Kyrie amazing. sucked, and they got to 96 me, points. To me, Kyrie yeah. sucked because he had to cover Jason Tatum a lot, and that's an important thing here. Like, Tatum can get whatever matchup he wants on that end of the floor, and tonight yeah. he worked hard to make to put guys on the bench, first of all, in Harris's case, and yeah. to tire a guy out like Irving. I just think that's so important. If you make a defense work like Brooklyn had to here and just completely succumb to pressure, that can affect the team on the offensive side of the floor. We've heard both these teams talk so far in the series about how both ends of the floor impact the other side of the floor for them. Yeah. And I thought tonight was the greatest example of that. We need a, we need a Kemba game. Um, I, I'm so... Um, you need something else to come up if if, yeah, so, if something else is going to come down to earth. I feel like you need a Kemba game in game four. Huge I think, Kemba. I think yeah, it's you huge. need a huge Kemba performance. Uh, we're going to head over. Sherrod and I are going to pop over in the locker room app, so we're going to chat with you guys. Bobby and Josue, hang for a few and then come over. We went a little All long right, cool. tonight. It's late. You guys are at the Garden. Obviously, we don't want to keep anybody forever, but um, head on over to locker room now. The link is open. If you guys can throw that in the chat here, if you haven't already. Um, and um, Whoever wants to join us, come on over, join the party, uh, and let's uh, let's celebrate the win. Talk about 
the chances of potentially winning game four. Um, want to hear your thoughts on the game itself. Want to hear your thoughts on Kyrie, uh, what we can expect from him. Anything else that you guys think is interesting, we're here for you. Um, but it's nice to do one of these things and not have it be firebred. Yeah, all, all anger. So let's go. Let's have some positivity. Let's have some good energy. Head over to locker room um, right now, Bob. Um, sorry, hold on. Uh, Sherrod, did anyone send you the link? Uh, I, yeah, I got it. I think I got it. You got yeah. it? Okay. Oh, hold go. on. No, not the Tweety Bird link. No. Hold on. Uh, we'll send it to you in two seconds and then we'll head over. Okay. Um, and uh and do that so uh bobby do you have control over the room yes i do all right sharad let's head out bobby yep, and got it. Way, take it from here all right see, see y'all soon all right joe sway and bobby going at it here for yes, a couple sir. more minutes joe sway, um, bobby. let's just keep going with what we've been talking about here because i do find it interesting i'll let you expand on it first despite what happened tonight I guess it's just the talent on the other side that makes you do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Celtics are going to win this series. I'm just saying you could see a competitive series from here on out. And I think, frankly, so far you've seen a more competitive series than we've expected. Yeah, for sure, especially in this one because I, I didn't – again, I thought the only way Celtics could win is, yeah, Tatum goes off for 50. But also I thought it would be one of those games where he puts the team on his back. And, you know, defensively for them to set the tone and, and keep that – you know, especially in the second half in that third quarter where it looked like Brooklyn Nets were really trying to punch back. I mean, that says a whole lot about this team and where they were, you know. You know it, Did you focused. feel like the Nets were going to come back and win as they went through some of their stretches there? I thought they would challenge it, but I just felt like it was – it just had the makings of a Celtics win, you know. Um, Me too. Everything would go – with everything going on heading into this one. And then, you know, it's, it's crazy because a 19-4 run to start things off, I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be one of those games where – I thought I didn't think the game was over, but I'm just like, so it's going to have to play catch-up this whole time. And before the first quarter was done, you see them string together five defensive stops. Bobby, I didn't think they had that in them. I honestly did it. I still can't get over that. Like, to do it five straight and not only do that, but they, they tack on eight unanswered points, and all of a sudden they're up by one. Like, that sort of stretch, I mean – that's the kind of basketball that if you see the Celtics, you see the Celtics able to do that in the second half. If the Celtics can string together five consecutive stops on the Brooklyn Nets, I don't care where third quarter, fourth quarter. I mean, they capitalize on that. And and again, it's like what we were saying heading into this postseason, where it's just like we didn't feel this team had that sort of identity when you compare them to the, the Brad Stevens teams of you know yesteryear, you know the, the IT squad or even the ones that came after them the effort on defense was always at a certain level where you just, you, you knew that it gave them a fighting chance. And I, I hadn't seen that throughout this short, you know, postseason thus far until tonight from the Celtics. Yeah. To me, when I look at this game, what gives me so much encouragement is that Durant scores 39, Harden scores 41. You, you just say that alone on the surface. And you say the Celtics, you say the Celtics probably lose. The Celtics probably lose that game. And then exactly. you throw on top of that, Rob barely playing with an injury, Kemba struggling to the degree that he did. If you mention all four of those things, I don't think there's any chance the Celtics win a game like that. Now, on the other hand, if you stay on top of that, Tatum scores 50, all right, maybe it's a little more even of a balance of what people would say the outcome of that game was. But to me, I thought the Celtics overcame a, a incredible amount of uh, adversity in this game to win various runs by the Nets, massive scoring performances on that side, and just found their advantages throughout that 
gave them an advantage in the game as a whole. Now, some of the, those things aren't going to happen. Maybe Harris doesn't next time and he gets going a little more. Him going 2-7 from 3 is a massive uh, sigh of relief on the Celtics side defensively because that's the guy who stretches you more than anybody on that Nets team. Um, but to me... I think they just become all the more vulnerable on the defensive side of the floor without Green out there. And I think that's something that's going to have to be talked about quite a bit here because he is out of the series for good. And that was really the point, man, I think, who has had the most success on Jason Tatum so far in this series for them. Yeah, I mean, he did a tremendous job, especially when they got called on the switch. It, was, it just felt like he was seeing – Tatum was either seeing uh, uh, whether it was Durant or, or Jeff Green, you know. And it, it's, a, it's a big loss, you know. It's interesting because heading into the series, uh, I remember, I think it was Abby who brought it up. Someone brought up the Kendrick Perkins about the, the coaching matchup. And he's just like, I'm not paying attention too much attention to that. And this one, da, da, da. I'm like, typically I wouldn't. But in this one, I mean, you sort of had to because you're looking at a rookie head coach. And obviously, Brad Stevens has, he's gone up against some of the best coaches in the NBA. He's been outmatched. And he's really had to, you know, go deep into his bag of uh, uh, tricks just to just to stay alive in the series and maybe this is one of those series where he just stays alive as, 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 for as long as no one anticipated right i mean it's going to be interesting to see how steve nash makes his adjustments i don't think he's going to adjust he, he has said it throughout the like series he, i feel like if he doesn't the Celtics, that's going to bode well for the celtics and it is know, this thing gets tied up heading back to brooklyn oh man i mean the Celtics. you you just woke up everyone if, if they're not already you know, zeroed in on uh, on game four and, and, and tying this one up. I mean, did, I want to ask you something, Bobby. Is, is a lot of this Kyrie? Like, is it is it that talk? Did they get under their skin a bit? It was this, this sort of like, you know, because now it's so interesting. Whereas, like, you I don't think the Nets the crowd, likely did. You had you had the net, you know, you 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 get the win now, and all of a sudden, boom, full capacity, nineteen thousand fans are going to be in this building on Sunday inspired fans that watch what happened here, you know, tonight. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how Kyrie in particular uh, responds because I, I don't think that passive attitude that he – or passive approach he had in this one, despite the fact his two running mates combined for 80 points and it still wasn't enough, I don't think – it might not be enough. But, again, we can't forget the fact that Tatum dropped 50 in this one. We can't forget, you know, uh, Kemba Walker's got to wake up a bit here. You know, uh, defensively, yeah, they came up big, but it's going to be interesting to see um, the Nets' offense and – in, in particular, how Kyrie responds. This, if if Kyrie never said that, we talk about the time and place of those comments, and let's just keep it to that basketball strategy standpoint here. Uh, the the Celtics are coming off an 0-2 deficit after getting completely destroyed in Game Three. The fans probably don't have much hope coming into the game, uh, or and even a really a reason to care about the series all that much. But when he says that and he fires up that aspect of the rivalry here between these two teams or whatever you want to call it the matchup that just invigorated the building and maybe some players on the boston side in a way that it certainly invigorated brown as we could see pregame enough to make him come out and speak in a way that gave this game a little more meaning than it probably would have otherwise after a 130 to 108 game again you, there wasn't much hope left in this series for Boston after those two games, especially with some of the other things that have happened since. Um, but all of a sudden, Kyrie says that, and 
it just gives a little more ammunition to that Boston side, especially going into Boston. And listening to the Nets respond, I know Blake gave some acknowledgement to it, but Landry Shamit and I, you know Bruce Brown talked about racism in Boston as well today. But on the whole, I, I don't get the, the sense that... Yeah, I mean, Shamit just kind of brushed it off, you know, like... I, I just I, I feel like you had a team here that was trying to focus on a basketball series and wasn't thrilled about the fact that like it, something else had to come into focus here for a team that's trying to figure it out. And this is what's what really stands out to me about the Nets is they really are trying to figure this out. They are not a team that's just going to cruise to the finish line in a championship here because they just do not have enough connectivity right now. Right, right, and and I, and I think that you know you look at a veteran like like Tristan Thompson, you know. I wouldn't be shocked if he went into that locker room and being like, hey, listen, this is not because he played with Kyrie or, or you know, knows him personally, but he just knows being around veterans and that, you know, these, these sort of, you know, mind tricks and uh, try to live in, you know, buy real estate inside the Celtics' head. I, I honestly think that was a big chunk of this, you know. Yeah, Kyrie has been, you know, off the court, uh, putting himself into the conversation of, about things that are way more important than basketball. But again, like I said from the top, man, I just thought that was a, that was a, it was a chess move. It was a basketball move. I don't think it was a you know a social justice move. And I, and I think the Celtics responded to that. And, and look, whether the crowd, you know, is the one that at the end gave them that extra push to, to, to finish this this thing off or not, I think this sort of moment has to galvanize this team. I mean, not only what Jalen Brown had to say, but he was on the sideline. He was on his feet a lot, jumping and cheering and. You know, it's always fun to see that from this team in particular, but sometimes it just seems like we weren't seeing that enough throughout the course of the regular season, you know? Yeah, you, you've mentioned this at various there's times. There's no handshake. There's no handshake between Tatum and Rhea. Yeah, no. so there's no, no handshake. No. There's no, you know, none They, they stormed right off the court after that game, too. Yeah. And I again, tonight, Don't right? Don't step up. No, Don't step none up of that tonight. Though. None of that tonight still. That's good to say. Um you've talked about the energy that the team feeds off the crowd that had to be evident tonight because you saw them moving a little bit more. There was a slow start and then you saw the pace pick up and the amount with which Tatum went to the rim and pushed the issue going inside. That to me is what stands out most when we look at his season now in four games and just the amount of nights that he's willed his team victory. Let's be real. We were questioning his ability to lead the team through the series after game two, all of us. And he came out tonight and said resoundingly, yes, he was the best player on the floor tonight. And his ability to go to the rim, use his size to his advantage, to not only get shots over defenders, but to just plow through them and get to that free throw line almost whenever he wants. That was the biggest concern we had for him coming into the season. And now it feels like he's almost mastered that aspect of the game. And that's so huge to me, even as we continue to nitpick other parts of his game. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just what happens with superstars in this league. You know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, in the postseason he was getting a lot of those calls or even the playing tournament after a handful of – He's forcing them to blow the whistle at this point. I mean, even if he's not, you, you – uh, these referees, you know, across the league or, or, or just in general, like you hearing what he's doing, you know, whether it's scoring 50 or scoring 60 and here he goes again scoring 50, you know, I just think that bodes well for Tatum because it's like a respect factor. You know, a lot of these superstars, they have to sort of earn that. And Tatum hasn't been doing himself a lot of – he hasn't been doing himself any favors with, with the, this complaining thing. He's sort of uh, – he's created this, this reputation with the referees. And I think now he's getting a lot more respect because he's, you know, forcing the issue on offense and, and – 
sometimes he may give a little glare at the referee, but at the same time, he's, he looks a lot more focused on on uh, attacking the rim as opposed to pulling back or doing one of the step backs. You know, I thought it was interesting. The Celtics they didn't have to score 21 three pointers in this one to get it done. You know, or or the fact that I felt like they forced more turnovers than they did. You know, what it was it eight or nine? Brooklyn finished with nine turnovers in this one. Like, it's it'll be, it'll be interesting to see not only if they can carry this thing over, but maybe the defense can really, you know, step it up a bit. I mean, you look at the second unit, to your point, you know, without Jeff Green, uh, if, if, if Joe Harris, you know, has a similar Stunned night. with how little that second unit is doing. I mean, if Joe Harris has a similar night on Sunday, and you look at this bench, Shamit, you know, if he doesn't get hot, Tyler Johnson, like, I think Brad Stevens, is, he's going to be put in a good spot here to challenge those guys. And I, I think he did a really good job of taking advantage of the switches, especially with Claxton and, and, and exposing them a bit, especially when, you know, he, uh, the, the few moments where Nash goes into his, his second unit with a few guys and, and Brad had, had the, the matchups already lined up, you know. So, again, I think the, the, the coaching matchup here, game four, it's going to be really interesting to see who wins this, uh, this, this test match between Nash and Stevens. It really is, and it's not so much a chess match as I think the Nets look at this series as we know what we want to do and we're going to keep doing it. Right. The Celtics are going to keep trying different things. Thing. Yeah, right. we, we didn't right. kick around that Grant thing either. Big impact on this game. His productive minute, his ability to stand out there and play positive minutes at that center position I thought was so huge. Langford, uh, those, those things gave the Celtics the advantage in this game ultimately. The starter minutes were a lot closer and if you look at minutes they lost those minutes here so the bench being able to build significant advantages here was so crucial in this one i do you yeah, think the no, celtics win game four? Oh man if i had to like bet on it probably not probably not but i think you get a competitive game you know I, I, again you know when the celtics are playing at a particular level on defense it's just i don't see them getting blown out even if it's against the nets you know and I was thinking that there would be one blowout. We were past that in game two. And, and I don't know if we'll see another one. I think they're uh, they're going to really fight to the end here to the finish. But uh, they could tie it up. Oh, man, that would certainly, you know, have another game in Boston or extend this thing, some added pressure on Brooklyn. I, I, I would be very impressed. You know, if it was a Series 4-2, I'd still be very impressed if they were, if they were to win back-to-back games. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep an eye on how Kemba's feeling, whether Rob's playing, those type of things are going to be important. I think they can, and I yeah, almost want to you know, pick it. I was just going to say real quick, you know, um, before we get out of here, you know, Romeo, what do you have, six points? But how many shots did it, get, did it take him to get there? Like, what, six, seven? I mean, I don't mean that to call, as in a way to call him out, but what I mean by that is that a lot of these shots are open. You know, Brooklyn has to be able to finish, shots. yep. Yeah, you know, it's really up to him to finish. You know, I, I thought Kevin Durant, there was a couple instances where he literally just looked at him. He wouldn't even – dare put a hand in his face. He's like, no, you're Romeo Langford, you know? Or Romeo yeah, Tyler. that's a good point. Who was my yeah, guy in the series? I wanted to be Peyton Pritchard. Stevens tried him out for a few minutes in that first quarter. He was shell-shocked on he's the not way it was. He froze, yeah. he froze, and he got benched, you know? Does he turn to him again? Does he answer the call this time? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, again, those shots are there for those guys. They're going to be doesn't feel open. like you're it. Get, but you have a handful of shots, and you have about, what, 10 to 15 minutes ago, maybe less, uh, before Stevens will pull the plug on you. It's not easy for those guys, especially in these playoffs. No. And I do think they've done admirably with that. But you you, make, you bring up a great point there. If there's any adjustment, that's going to be it. The Nets trying to make those guys hurt them more by just doubling, tripling Tatum and making him right. dish it off to those guys and seeing if Grant and Neesmith and 
Pritchard and uh, Romeo in particular are going to be able to beat them here. And, you know, they did it with Kemba off the ball here too. If Kemba... Uh, we got it. We got to credit Smart for not taking 100% of every open shot he got. So that's, that's a good thing. Yes, the second selection. And, and Fournier for hitting late. The, I thought his shot was the key to this game tonight. So you start to start a preview that there are some guys on the Celtics who, when the Nets start doubling, can make them pay. But up and down the lineup, they have to be able to do that. And if they do that, then I think the Nets defense is really going to be in big trouble here. So I do think we're in for a competitive series the rest of the way. And that's all we wanted here, which I think should make exactly. people satisfied and you know, when you think of a more complete Celtics team and the way they'd be competing in this series, I think it makes you feel a little bit better about next year, too, and when that ultimately comes. So we're heading over to the locker room. Definitely. I think they'll be finally. Wait, this feels like it's going to be the first good, like, a month. Uh, so yeah, everyone, Everyone's going to be hyped. <laughs> yeah. Join so us. we'll head over there. We're going to jump in and take your questions and everything else. And we are back on Sunday, just one day off now between game three and game four in TD Garden. Joe Sway will be back there on Sunday. Um, I am enjoying Memorial Day somewhere warm and doing this remote. Oh, so, yep. So we will see you on Sunday. And until then, join us on Locker Room and get all of these podcasts on demand. Garn Report. You'll hear all our uh, Celtics post-game shows on that stream and on the uh, the Celtics post-game show podcast stream, which is on Spotify now. A lot of you have been asking about that. It is on Spotify. You can get our locker room edition on there. We'll see you on Sunday.